Hi, it's Dr. Greg Jantz. Hope and possibility. Boy, do we need some hope and possibilities. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, and I'll be sharing about recovery and overcoming the issue of shame. Dr. Gregory Jantz is a best-selling author of over 45 books and the founder of the Center A Place of Hope, voted a top 10 center for depression treatment in the U.S. As the pioneer of whole person care, Dr. Jantz is known as the messenger of hope. Now the nation's expert on anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationships, trauma, and PTSD, here is Dr. Gregory Jantz. Hi, it's Dr. Jantz here. I've been working with folks and I'm excited. Let me tell you, it's been 38 years that we have been serving and really looking at how do we deliver mental health services in a little different way here at the center of place of hope that i i really believe it's the team it's putting together all those unique it's the medical it's the nutritional it's the psychological it's the faith it's the spiritual it's the relationships putting together all the pieces now if there's one single issue that we have to overcome in our healing from most anything under that psychological heading, it has to be the issue and topic of shame. Shame, freedom from shame. See my little book here? I put all my notes, got everything all marked. This little small mini book, what are these, 100 pages, recently came out. And I thought of all the topics that I have worked with, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, addictions, emotional abuse. If we look at what could be underneath some of the strongest, most pervasive issues that seem to get at times a stronghold on us. Now, this is assuming that we've had a medical workup, we know where we stand medically. Uh, this is also assuming that uh, we have dealt with uh, many of the issues that have caused us to feel maybe suffering with depression, and we've dealt with a lot. But you feel like, man, there's still something there. The one issue that could be there is the issue of shame. In a word, shame causes us to feel like, and then we believe it. That's what's so important about shame. We actually believe the message of shame. Oh, we've all heard the term or the phrase, shame on you. Yep. Which is a way of saying you're not good enough. It's a way of saying that you have uh, fallen short or that there's something wrong with you. That's the message of shame. We'll talk here in just a minute about the difference between guilt and shame. But the message of, of shame is I'm not good enough and that it's how I am. And the other word is defective. It's a sense that I am damaged and defective. Now, if that's a core foundational issue, I can recover a lot of symptoms, do a lot better, 50%. 75% better. I can deal with a lot of anxieties. I can deal with issues that create post-traumatic stress. But at my core, if I still feel like there is something that is inherently wrong with me, shame 
I'm not good enough. I'm defective. That shame kind of puts a gate that's hard to go around to complete my healing, complete my recovery. It's because as though on a cellular level that it's gotten in so deep that, yeah, I can, I can go so far, but I never complete the healing journey. There's a block. And so I wanted to speak today of shame. And how does this come about? One of the first areas that uh, we need to look at is abandonment and rejection. It's one of the first little sections I have in this book on shame, freedom from shame. Now, abandonment or rejection. Abandonment, you think about childhood. It could be a sense that there was an abandonment of a parent. There could have been a loss, a death, uh, could even be a divorce or somebody that was in your life and then suddenly for whatever reason they're they're not in your life and as a kid we interpret things differently and we interpret that this is shame uh, or that there's something wrong with me we interpret that that person left because it was my fault and so that's important to look at where could there have been seasons, periods, points of abandonment and or rejection. Even rejection, early childhood, where uh, we, through our childhood eyes, we look at a situation and we perceived it as rejection. A teacher, a peer, a family friend, but something that felt like rejection. And rejection speaks to the, the depths of the soul and causes us to feel something wrong with me. And that something wrong with me is shame. So those are the two areas. There's a few more, but let's look at the most common in our time together, and that's abandonment and shame. Now, abandonment and shame may not have been intentional. We need to go back and look at through the eyes of our childhood, through the eyes of how we may have viewed things at that point, it could have been, it could have been an area that we perceived, but though it was not a motivation to create abandonment or a motivation on the other person's side to create rejection. Okay. Now, other times there is. Other times you were rejected, abandoned, emotionally abused, and it was intentional. So it can go both ways. That just creates those deep internal uh, bruises in our life. And those bruises are something that we tend to carry well into adulthood. So um, some grew up in a home where there was a lot of, just seemed like a home of guilt. And you learned how to specialize and feel that guilt. I lay out here the difference between shame and guilt. But guilt refers to a sense that I really, I did something wrong. This is guilt. And, you know, it needs to be corrected. Um, usually we would ask for forgiveness. Guilt, I feel, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And you know, okay, and you go and seek amends or seek forgiveness. Uh, that's healthy guilt. Where I did something, I know I did, and I asked for forgiveness. Now, there is also a false guilt. A false guilt has similar emotions, in fact, the same, but you really didn't do anything to harm another person, but you just learned to feel guilty. 
And too much guilt, stewing in guilt, growing up and feeling guilty for everything does create that sense of shame, unhealthy guilt. So guilt not attended to, guilt not, that we don't respond to, hence we can develop the seedbed for shame. Shame. Shame relates to the sense of who we are, and I've mentioned earlier that that sense of defectiveness, that sense of I am not okay, and then we start to believe things like I deserve this. I deserve this unhealthy relationship. I deserve to be treated this way. I'll never have the relationship I want. I don't really deserve it. Uh, shame uh, feels we've fallen short in our own eyes, the eyes of others, and for many, in the eyes of God. That's shame. Now, shame makes us want to isolate and hide. A sense of shamefulness is I, I need to hide. Sometimes people, when they feel shame, they hide their eyes. They don't even cover, they cover their eyes. They hide their face. A sense of shame goes deep into the core of who that person is. Um, one form I'm noticing of, of shame these days is body shaming, um, particularly among our youth. There's the sense of body shaming. Um, I have here in the book, 94% of teenage girls feel that they've been body shamed. 94%. So you've been ridiculed, made fun of, something to do with body, body parts, comments, where you feel shamed. And again, it's the message, physically, something wrong with me. I'm not good enough. I don't measure up. That's shame. Uh, we know that this leads us on to uh, many who find that they're uh, not happy with their bodies. 91% of women unhappy with their bodies. What? You see the power of shame and the power of body shame that says, not good enough. Something's wrong with me. I want to mention that one because that one's so predominant. Um, shame causes us to speak lies to ourselves. Shame causes us to say things in our thinking, our self-talk. Um, and we, we don't really get much of awareness of it. It's just playing those tapes in the background, the messages. And they're negative messages, that negative self-talk. And we don't catch most of it, but it's there playing uh, about ourselves. And so I wanted to let you know that the negative self-talk has got to be replaced with truth. Now, this is where um, we've got to get back and go to the core of where did this shame come from? And at times, we've got to examine that. Times, we've got to look at that and go, the only antidote is going to be figuring out how to forgive this, this person, this event, a series of people, series of events, but coming to a place of self-freedom, which means self-forgiveness and forgiveness of others. That's a big one. And it, forgiveness gets confusing because it's never to excuse or make excuse for what another person has done that created a core sense of shame. Remember the abandonment or the rejection, but it's all about, it's all about that sense of I've got to release this in order to grow. So you know you're moving beyond shame when you get into really a great growth mindset. It's a mindset that I'm personally growing. I have 
optimism for my future. That's another sign. Um, I'm able to catch some of my thinking. I'm able to um, move towards people. I'm able to move towards relationships. I'm able to develop a new sense of courage. Shame ro robs courage. I'm able to be uh, polite but firm. I'm able to know how I feel and to respond appropriately to my emotions without that cloud of shame coming over me and just getting that. I call it a stronghold because it's like I can't seem to shake it off, that shame. It's just there. That's that's why I say it's at the core of who you are. Um, not to oversimplify forgiveness at all, but it's one of the antidotes as we begin to look at what do I have to do to feel differently about myself? What is it? And identifying that and forgiveness and having a healing, having a sense of, okay, now uh, through skills, maybe it's uh, skills I'm going to learn in counseling, but I can modulate. I can deal with my emotions. I'm not, emotions don't carry me away where I don't want to go. Uh, anger and hurt doesn't take me down the path of rage or doesn't take me down the path of resentment. I'm able to deal with my emotions. That is uh, healing. That's a, a hallmark of healing. So, well, more here. And I, I even make places in this little book to make notes and list out who and what do I need to forgive and what does this mean? So it's never about letting anybody off the hook but it is about releasing ourselves. Shame could be, it's worth examining. Is shame something that has held you back and you haven't really identified it or called it shame? I recall in my own life, a third grade teacher, I think it was, um, who said to me, Greg, you will never be, and she put in there, uh, what it was <laughs> and you know basically it was i'll never be a good student oh did i struggle oh man things got i hit sixth grade everything was worse and worse the teacher told me shamed me to believe something that wasn't true that affected me academically affected my middle school junior high years affected my first few years a couple years of high school until somebody spoke truth in my life and I had a revelation and I connected it back to that old message from elementary school. And from there, I began to excel in academics, do well, have a new sense of, oh yeah, I am okay. I can do this. So sometimes the messages that created shame, and the message was, I'll never be good enough to do school. Sometimes those messages were rooted at a time of, of important critical development uh, and they were a message that we were given that really indeed uh, we carried for a long time and when I realized it so that's point number one became aware of it then I began to address it release it forgive it and then I saw the truth the truth was I could do I could do this school or this class and, and so when we begin to believe the truth, we will begin down a course that will change. For me, it changed the whole direction of my life. And we can do this. There is freedom from shame.